1: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Hallelujah. If you are anxious to try to kick some tires and find out what the latest models for 2021 look like when it comes to farm equipment, there is actually a farm show happening next week. Face to face. Now, you may have to travel a little bit. It's going to be down in Des Moines, Iowa, but we're talking with the general manager of the Iowa Power Expo on what they had to do to try to make that show happen in light of the pandemic. That's coming up as we roll our way through a Thursday. How are you doing so far? I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. I'll tell you what, it is a chilly start to a Thursday morning, that is for sure. Clear skies overnight have us waking up with some pretty cool temperatures this morning. And it's not going to improve a whole lot today. Might see a little bit of sun. 21 are expected high for Thursday. Tonight, down to four above. Tomorrow, sunshine and 25. Then Saturday, we've got to factor in the possibility of another snow event coming our way. Could mean that you want to keep the snowblower and shovels handy. We'll find out what uh, Stu Muck sees developing as far as volumes on that weekend uh, weather. He's coming your way in just a little bit. And so is Cody Costers from Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago, now a part of the Ever Ag group. What's happening with dairy? Yesterday, barrel and block cheese as well as double A butter were quiet. Fluid milk contracts closed lower, but they look a little stronger this morning. What's happening there? Cody's going to join us live to give us his perspective. So you stick around. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com.
1: A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com/careers. Rural Mutual Insurance,
1: keeping
3: Wisconsin strong. You know, this was a recent conversation on my family's farm. We were gathered around the computer and getting help from local experts. The next round of the Paycheck Protection Program. How does it work in agriculture? Do you apply? And Josh, you had the chance to sit down with all these experts to talk about this, get us some logistics, because it can be kind of confusing.
2: Caitlin, the the antidote that you just said, it sounds like that situation is playing out in living rooms all across Wisconsin on family farms. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And that's why I caught up with Rose oswald Poles. She is the president of the Wisconsin Bankers Association, because it does get really, really confusing. If you think back to last spring, when the first ever COVID stimulus package was rolled out, the Paycheck Protection Program was one of the things in that package, but it was just so quick and everything happened so fast. There were so many questions. questions. What can I do? What can I not do? How can I get the money? And it it was just a different procedure for farms because they were working with the SBA as opposed to the USDA. So I asked polls what some of the things that we need to know this time around that didn't happen in the last round.
4: Well, there has been a change for farmers that is beneficial if you are a sole proprietor, independent contractor, or a self-employed individual. Um, where if you um, had tried to apply before, the law changed, so they are now going to calculate your maximum loan amount for a PPP loan based off of your Schedule F Line 9 gross income rather than what it had been the case, which was basically your net profit. So for many farmers, that meant their net profit was actually zero or a negative number, last time because of the way perhaps if they had a, a large equipment purchase that was still depreciating through their financial statements over the years that caused them to end up with a negative number at the bottom of their Schedule F. So this is a po- very positive change for farmers who, again, either were not able to apply last year because of uh, the the use of Line 34 um, as a net number to calculate your loan amount or who may be applied but got less than what they could have been able to had line nine been the number that was uh, used to calculate this figure in the first place. So there's some expanded opportunity, but the key really is that you have to have been a sole proprietor, independent contractor, or otherwise self employed individual, farmer.
2: Hmm. Because for you guys at the WBA last year, I think we were all kind of uh, together trying to figure out what what you could do, what you couldn't do. What you just described, was that one of the biggest issues that farmers were having with PPP?
4: It was, yes. Um, We just learning and talking to various lenders across the state, you know, obviously farm equipment is very expensive. And so when you depreciate that through your income statement each year, it does have a negative effect on your bottom line um, for a number of years until that's a fully depreciated off. And probably by that point, you're buying a new piece of farm equipment. So, um, you know, that really compared to other sort of small business sole proprietors that are not farmers, that was one of the biggest hindrances to allowing them to either get as much money as they had hoped they would qualify for or to not even be eligible for a loan to begin with.
2: We always say PPP loan. It is technically a loan, but if you follow the guidelines and you fall within the parameters set by the SBA, that loan is forgiven, correct?
4: Yes, that is correct. Um, So, you know, if you have employees, um, it's a little different formula than if you're a farmer that does not have employees. So if you have employees, you need to spend at least 60% of your PPP loan on payroll costs and there are, you know, a bunch of definitions that what, in terms of what makes up payroll costs. But the most obvious ones are certainly the wages you pay to your employees as well as payroll taxes tied to those wages, any health benefits that you provide, um, and some other benefits, uh, costs as well, dental, life insurance. And then 40% of your PPP loan amount could be used for non-payroll costs that were identified in the law. And there was some expansion of categories for what qualifies now, um, as well as the same three sets of categories in terms of what qualifies for non-payroll costs last year.
2: I do apologize if this is an impossible question to answer, but what would be the high end of what a Wisconsin farmer could receive through PPP? And then what would be kind of the lower end of what a farmer would get through PPP?
4: Well, you, so if you're, if I stay with the scenario of a sole proprietor farmer, um, you're really looking at your line nine divided by 12 times two and a half. So it's about two and a half months worth of what your gross income is for a farmer that is a sole proprietor or self-employed. You know, depending on if you're a farmer with employees, you know, you have payroll costs um, that You know, I I don't even know how to anticipate, you know, how much that costs. I think it really depends on the size of your farm operation. But you are allowed, you know, again, to get basically two-and-a-half months' worth of payroll um, as, uh, well, payroll and other non-payroll eligible expenses um, are able to be included in this. But the the formula is still really driven off of two-and-a-half times your average monthly payroll.
2: Rose oswald Poles, the president of the Wisconsin Bankers Association, is along with us right now. Rose, thanks for kind of refreshing our memory here.
4: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. Well... And, you know, a lot of people, it is hard to refresh yourself with what happened six months ago. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I'm lucky to remember what happened yesterday, let alone six months ago, (laughs) you know. Um, Okay, well, let's go ahead and switch the conversation to lenders. So if I'm a farmer and I'm looking for a lender, do, do you suggest I stick with somebody that I know or, you know, maybe try and give it another go around with somebody else? What should I be looking for in a lender?
4: Yeah, I would still really encourage all bank, all borrowers, to talk with their local bankers. Um, you know, we had almost every bank in the state participated in PPP loans last year, and so we've developed a lot of unique expertise and knowledge about the process, and importantly, about the forgiveness phase of the process. That you can leverage when you have these conversations. There are some new entrants that are coming into this space seeing an opportunity, but I really do discourage people from trying to talk to what I would call non-bank lenders, non-traditional lenders. I would stick with your your local bank. You you know, get a lot of good advice from them. They're trusted resources. They're regulated by the federal government, so I would continue to have those conversations with your local banker.
2: And then going off of that, you know, it, it's sad, but I'm not surprised one bit. There's a lot of scams, there's a lot of fraud going on out there. Uh, how can farmers avoid falling into that trap?
4: Yeah, there's definitely a, an increase yet again uh, with this round now being open of people trying to, you know, send you emails or other types of even direct marketing. Uh, mail that says, hey, you know, we're going to guarantee you a PPP loan, you know, click on this link, give us all your information. The the local banks are not going to act in that manner. You know, they're going to want to have a phone conversation, maybe even an in-person conversation with you and go through the application and your documentation you have to provide. So we're not going to solicit you in that type of a manner at all to submit your information that way you certainly might get email communications from your local bankers saying hey you know the ppp is back again and contact us if you're interested but um, i would definitely be wary of of emails in particular or social media messages you get from sources you don't recognize
2: rose if you got a ppp loan in the first round can you get a ppp loan in the second round of the program
4: You can, although there are conditions now upon that. So it's called a second-draw loan, and you have to be an employer that has no more than 300 employees, and you have to be able to prove that in any quarter of 2019 um, compared to that same quarter in 2020, you saw a 25% reduction in your gross revenues. So you have to be able to prove that, and as long as you can prove that, uh, as long as, again, you're a business that's still in operation and uh, that you have no more than 300 employees, you are eligible for what is called a second-draw loan.
2: As far as, like, uh, like deadlines or, like, you know, how soon should I be applying for this, for this loan, uh, kind of a time frame, what are, what are dates that we need to know or just that sort of thing?
4: Right. Dates are a great question and very important. So the application phase will be open only through March 31st. So there's definitely time, and there is some fear out there that the money is going to run out. I'm really confident that the $285 billion is not going to run out. It still is not great to wait until March 30th to apply. You know, I still think having your conversations now with the lenders is the best idea. So starting the conversations now is important, but the deadline for applications will end on March 31st.
2: Rose Oswald-Polls is the president of the Wisconsin Bankers Association. So many questions, so little time. I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of have a frequently asked question session with her. Since everything got rolled out so quickly last year with PPP, it was tough to figure out what you could do, what you couldn't do, but now that we've had some time to kind of debrief, hopefully we do know what we're doing in round two of PPP. Get a hold of your lender, and like she said, the deadline for applications, March 31st, which will be here before you know it. For the Midwest Farm
1: Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. There's big discounts during the Kubota
2: sales event February 1st through the 6th at Johnson Tractor in Janesville, Judah, and Harvard. How big? How about up to $5,200 off the Kubota SVL 65 or up to $2,000 off L-Series tractors? The Kubota BX-23S has savings of up to $1,600 as well. See Johnson Tractor's Facebook page for details on all the great deals. Johnson Tractor's Kubota sales event is happening February 1st through the 6th in Janesville, Judah, and Harvard.
1: Johnson
0: Tractor from lawn.
5: The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding recent gun violence. On January 5th at 11.30 a.m. in the 900 block of Stewart Street, a man pointed a handgun and threatened to shoot property owners after being refused to be let in a business. The man then reholstered his gun and left in a white Ford sedan last seen southbound on Syene Road. On January 3rd around 7 p.m., a woman was shot while in her car near the intersection of Egan Road and Lean Road. The shots were fired from another car and an MPD's violent crime unit is investigating. On New Year's Day morning, MPD officers responded to a local hospital for a report of a man with a gunshot wound to the stomach. The incident likely occurred on Madison south side near Todd Drive and McDivitt Road. If you have any information regarding these recent gun violence incidents, please contact Madison area Crime Stoppers at 266 6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward.
6: Student away from home? You could get a significant auto insurance discount from Prairie Land Insurance.
3: When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the
7: very very least
6: we we can do. do.
1: You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade. But isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam
0: Yonke. Don't forget, we're talking with Cody Coster from Rice, Dairy, and Everag about what's happening with the dairy markets. That's coming your way before we wrap her up this morning. Let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stu Mockag, meteorologist, joining us live this morning. And I'm kind of keeping an eye on not so much uh, today or tomorrow, Stu, but it sounds like we do have a little bit more rolling our way this weekend as far as Snowfall, and everybody's going to be in this round, huh?
6: Yeah, we'll get a little bit here as we head toward the weekend. I got one for you, though, Pam. I kind of let it slip. Some more experienced friends of mine reminded me. Remember we had all that fog here a couple of weeks ago for several days? Yeah. They said that 90 days after a fog day like that, you can expect snowfall. Really? So I finally looked at the calendar. That's uh, early to mid-April. Snowfall?
0: Oh, don't say that. Are you serious? Snowfall mid-April?
6: That's what they're... Well, in fact, I had a little fog here Sunday night and Monday, and if that held true, April 24th, I wrote down, as having snow.
0: Oh, you know, the only thing I remember is my grandpa, you know, let's say that we get a decent mid-April. Remember how they always used to say you put uh, oats in the ground, snow on top was like a fertilizer for it.
6: Yep. That's all. That's, well, April 24th is going to work, well, we know when to get oats in. That's for <laughs> sure. But.
0: Uh, not, we're going way beyond our capacities to just tell <laughs> me what we've got today <laughs> for the next couple of hours.
6: <laughs> well, let's look for the weekend. That's what everybody's worried about. High pressures here now. It's going to keep some sunshine around. Make it a great day. No doubt. Still cooler than normal. And I mean, low 20s in western Wisconsin, maybe upper teens in the eastern part of the state. That's just how cool it's going to be today not a lot of wind but it adds chill no doubt low pressure will build in and i expect saturday night will be snow that will be accumulating i'll tell you about those snowfall amounts right after this
2: farmers understand return on investment they understand the power and the value of the sun
3: cameron olson owner of olson solar energy
2: this is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value it's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn, we can put it on the ground, we can put it on a hill. <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero dollar energy bill.
3: Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy.
0: All righty, Stu, give us what you've got, at least for right now.
6: Okay, let's talk about mostly sunny skies today. Still cool. I'll say average of 20, could be 22 at Lacrosse, could be 18 at Fond du Lac. And the northwest and west winds will be around 5. Overnight, partly cloudy, down to about 2 above. Southeast winds will be around 5. Partly sunny skies develop Friday. All of us start pushing to the mid-20s. Southeast winds at 5 to 10. And Saturday, cloudy skies, some afternoon snow developing. Low 30s, southeast winds 5 to 15. Saturday night into Sunday is the snow, Pam. I'd say La Crosse, Madison 1 to 3. Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh 1 or 2. But it could be heavier in far southwest and far southeast Wisconsin.
0: Mm, Like how heavy?
6: Oh, you know, three or four, oh. and I'm talking south of Milwaukee and way down to Platteville.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Is anybody, so is anybody else uh, across the United States picking up uh, more snow in this next round then? The,
6: head down the Mississippi Valley. They're going to get more. I mean, mm. uh, east-central, southeast Iowa into Illinois, and yeah, they're going to have another good one.
0: All right. Well, you know, call it moisture. Keeps them away from the drought band.
6: Absolutely. All
0: right, Peapod. We will talk with you tomorrow. Have a dandy.
6: You, hey, you too. See you later,
0: Stumach. Our ag meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for now. As far as uh, details, like I said, Cody Coster from Rice Dairy and Ever Ag joining us to give you the latest information on what's driving our markets as we roll into a Thursday. And if you want to drive for a farm equipment show, guess what? We've got one for you coming up.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice
1: for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit ruralmutual.com to learn more about products and discounts.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance,
3: keeping Wisconsin strong. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
8: No doubt about it, the best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be your due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
5: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at
2: BenjaminPlumbing.com.
3: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business.
9: Benjamin Plumbing. Attorney John Rahula.
2: Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane or road construction makes everyone stop except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford & Reihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford & Reihala is ready to help you. And we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery.
9: For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Who was your hero when you were a kid?
10: Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson.
9: Rosa Parks or Sally Ride.
10: Bogart or Brando.
9: You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for.
10: Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor.
9: Surprised? You shouldn't be.
10: Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life.
9: And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed.
10: If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save.
9: The families we could help. So
10: whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente,
9: Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives.
10: Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor.
9: Find out how at organdonor.gov. Or call one eight six six nine nine donate.
10: A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
7: A lot of points scored, or goals, I should say. You know, against that Penn State that Penn State series starting last Thursday, Bucky wins four to one. Uh, speak on the you know the first game of that series. Throw was what was it like uh, to see your boys? You know, what was that uh, a, th- a three game win streak going into that one after that game?
11: Yeah, we did, and, and again, we're 4-2 and two since the Christmas break, but again, uh, I, I thought at times, uh, you know, Penn State kind of played their game, which is funnel pucks at the net, shovel pucks out of their own end to try to just get it to the neutral zone, don't handle it very much, and, you know, we were able to keep them, you know, uh, to the perimeter. We weren't allowed, you know, them to get to real good scoring areas, and we kept our discipline pretty well for a good road win. I I jinxed us last week because I thought we were going to that series healthy again, and we had a few injuries, uh, you know, to start that game. Uh, Tyler Ndomono didn't even play, and uh, hopefully he's back for this weekend, and then he didn't play the next night either, and then we had Sam staying out, then Linus Weisbach got hurt, so it snowballed into the next night. We knew it was going to be a physical series, but it was a good road win to start, and then we had a, a really poor first period, and I think for the first time, uh, we didn't really respect our opponents uh, to start the first period in the second night. And that's on us as, you know, a coaching staff. That's on the players to sit and say, hey, we know this isn't going to be easy in the Big Ten. You've got to go out and exert our will again on them and and take it to them. And we didn't in that first period and before we knew it. Um, you know, we were down three rip. And, um, you know, we, we had to wake up. And then we pushed back and, and it was too late.
7: Yeah, uh, Mark Strobel joining us right now, associate head coach for the Wisconsin Badger hockey team, Barry Richter as well, the royalty that is Richter with the flow, and no, no offense to your flow, two strobes. It's beautiful. All right, Barry, let me ask you, as you know, <laughs> your, your, your team's down a little bit in that second game, and then the flurry to come back, when you come up a little short, unfortunately, you know, Bucky loses four to five. When you, a, when you have a comeback like that that seems like maybe it's written in the stars that you can come back to fall short like that, is that something that affects you as a player moving forward? is it like, hey, man, I just put it out of your mind and learn from the mistakes?
8: Yeah, maybe just learned from them. And the game wasn't on TV and you know, but I could listen yeah. um, to the telecast. And, uh, and from what I heard, it just uh, sounds like the boys didn't start out the game and uh, weren't ready to play, but it also sounds like they're shorthanded, too. And, uh, and when that happens, when you get down to eight ball that, by that much, it, it's really hard. But you call back, you got to give them a little bit of credit. It sounds like maybe the, the goaltending is off a little bit, and maybe Coach Strohs can address that. And,
9: sure.
8: You know, But just from what... Uh, what I see is that it's good to come back and, and come and almost you know, maybe get a miracle out of it, but at the same time I think that the, you know, the strobe said, you know, these guys gotta get some wins and then they're playing against Michigan State at home this week. so nothing perfect than uh, doing something this weekend against Michigan State. But I'm curious, Strobe's so like what what do you guys uh, what's your mentality uh, you know, as you get down the stretch here. Um, you know, it looks like you guys have been moving up the pairwise rankings uh, a little yeah. bit, so that's good. So, uh, what? What's that mentality to look at Renter taking the, the reins? Yeah,
11: yeah, no, no, yeah. It, you know, see, it's it's uh, it's it's we need sweeps. Period. You know, you need to put. I say this every week now. You know, you need to put a win streak together where you're sweeping teams, whether it's at home on the road, whether it's finding a way to come back and tie that game late. Uh, you know, at Penn State and then putting it in overtime and winning in overtime, we're, we're definitely capable and. Uh, You know, Barry, you hit it on the head there. You know, Cameron Rowe had been playing good hockey. We tried to go back-to-back with him. Um, You know, I think, again, you know, they scored three goals on might have been the first ten shots or nine shots. So, you know, he unfortunately got pulled. We put Robbie Badoon in. He played solid and uh, gave us a chance there once we started the the pushback and got it to 4-3, and then they got an open net. We make it 5-4 late, and we still had a look. Uh, six on five to win a faceoff, and we we didn't unload uh, two pucks that we should have. But uh, you know what we're looking for right now is is you know probably like anybody else as you're as you're heading towards stretch time, is who's going to be the person that you can rely on consistently, and then that leader can grab players with him to gain the confidence that everyone needs to have defensively and offensively in the faceoff circle on the special teams in the net. So I think our strategy. Again, as a staff, we've talked about it. Is it, may be, it may even be going, you know, you know Robbie Badoon plays Friday, Cam Rowe plays Saturday. Everybody, you know, Each goalie's fresh then for that 160-minute game they need to play that weekend to be the best they can be until someone can prove that they can go back-to-back and run with, run with the ball. So that, that may be a strategy we implore here coming up. But Michigan State's going to be tight checking. Uh, you know, they're not really skilled offensively. Uh, So they're going to try to just, you know, basically stalemate you for a loose puck chance and, and just pop one late.
1: Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: We're talking with Cody Coster from Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago. That's a part of the Ever Ag Group. You know, yesterday, the dairy markets, barrel and black cheese, A butter, all remained unchanged. Fluid milk contracts were closing softer, but they're a little better in overnight trade. What's happening with our dairy complex? What else is the market talking about? Cody's going to join us live this morning and give us your first look and his perspective. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from Landmark Services' Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. All right, so today is the 28th day of January. A couple Packers-related items. One, I was not aware of. Did you know on this date, in 1922, the Packers were expelled from the American Professional Football Association? Why? Why? because they used three Notre Dame players under assumed names in a non-league game against uh, Racine the previous December. Despite the use of the illegal players, the Packers tied Racine 3-3 in the state championship. The Packers were allowed to return to the league before the next season, but at least for a certain period of time, they were expelled from the American Professional Football Association. Boy, you know, I went through the Packers Hall of Fame and I didn't see any note of that uh, order. That happened on this date in 1922. Now, on the other side of the Packers' uh, history, on this day in 1959, Vince Lombardi was named the head coach of the Packers. That's all that needs to be said right there. On this day, you know, yesterday we talked about the Apollo 1 mission that went awry with that terrible fire On the launching pad, well, on this day in 1986, another tragedy to our airspace program. Space Shuttle Challenger exploded in air, killing all seven astronauts on board. That was on this day in 1986. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that if you are just dying for an opportunity to kick tires, uh, talk with vendors, get back in the groove as far as farm shows are concerned, well, there is a farm show happening next week. You might have to travel a little distance, but the Iowa Power Expo is happening February 2nd through the 4th at the Iowa Expo Center, downtown Des Moines. Got a chance to visit with the show manager, Tom Junkie, and asked him to tell me a little bit about what they had to do to make the show happen, how exhibitors have been responding, and what you should expect if you plan on going to the
12: show. It's actually been going on since 1910, and it's been in Des Moines, and uh, it's moved to its uh, pretty new facility in in 1955, and then with the expansion of Highview Hall in 2005, and uh, and then we expanded again in in 2006 when the Wells Fargo Arena was built. So it's now the uh, third largest indoor farm show in the U.S.
0: And the good news is you are going forward with a face-to-face. Real time uh, (laughs) exhibition. Tell me a little bit about what it was like going through the decision process to make the show physically happen, Tom.
12: Well, I think, you know, a lot of it it was just a lot of support from the exhibitors. Uh, We had a lot of exhibitors that were uh, wanting us to move forward. They wanted to get in front of farmers again. And, uh, you know, that was probably the biggest thing that we had uh, a large uh, share of the exhibitors wanting us to do it. And uh, in Iowa, you know, we're a little more open for business uh, with our governor. And uh, so we were able to uh, work things out with the Iowa Event Center and Polk County and and, uh, so we can have the event.
0: That is wonderful news. Now, you talk about working things through. I'm sure that the public health officials had to be part of this conversation. When did you start having those conversations, Tom, to make sure that the February event can still happen?
12: well it's been for a couple months for sure um you know and, and the thing is you know we're just watching you know the the case number of cases and the hospitalization that's really the key thing for for the event to watching how things were going and you know unfortunately uh you know our hospitalization rates have been going down so everything's sort of been trending the right way here uh recently and uh, really in you know for Polk County and such it's really just the mask mandate. Um, and, and their mandate basically said, you know, hey, give, give everybody a mask. And, and after that, that's pretty much, you know, uh, up to us for, for you know, enforcing things after that. But, uh, basically that was probably the, the biggest thing, you know, just the mask side of it. The rest of it has been uh, pretty much uh, just logistics of just trying to make aisles a little wider, a little more seating area. Um, having sanitizer at the door, different things like that.
0: Sure, sure. How about your exhibitors? We're still hearing that there's a lot of companies that are basically doing a no-travel ban on their employees. Did you run into any of those conversations when it comes to exhibitors that wanted to be there?
12: Yeah, we had... Uh, there's a good percentage of dealers, or exhibitors that couldn't make it, but yet on the other side, we had about 75 new exhibitors. And uh, we're the... Uh, dealer association. So for like Deer, Case, New Holland, Agco, uh, we worked with the dealers to uh, man those booths. The companies were fine with supporting the equipment and coming in, uh, but then the dealers will be working the booth. So all the majors will be at the show.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So now let's talk a little bit. I want to come to the show. I'm coming from Wisconsin. What should I expect when I walk in the door, Tom? Is it literally, uh, here's your mask, there's the sanitation, have at it?
12: That's pretty much. Uh, we have uh, we actually have six entrances, so uh, you know, depending, you know, some entrances are not as busy as others. So I mean, if you know people are coming in, um, I suggested on our website uh, if they want to go to the IowaAgExpo.com on the visitor tab, uh, we have our COVID uh, precautions or protocols, and then there's some suggestions in there on you know going which entrance to go to, then also maybe changing the arrangement of how people go see the show. Uh, I'd go, you know, go down to the high V Hall, go look at the big equipment first. Usually people don't get down there till 1030 in the morning or 11, you know, so just sort of changing the route a little bit and, and, in that, and we feel like we can provide a safe environment. Uh, we have different curtaining and different things like that. So the exhibitor could be back in their booth and, and, uh, in that way, you know, they, when they just come up to approach a farmer, when you rent money to talk, so we feel like we can do that and uh, but a lot of things will probably not be a lot different uh, except for just you know let us know some of the dining areas and stuff like that It'll be better
0: tom jungie along with us he is the Ex- expo director for the iowa power show that is coming up and they are going full throttle with face to face opportunities for you to kick some tires. Now, let's talk about the program itself. Tom, do you have educational breakout sessions? What other things can people plan to take advantage of if they want to make the trip?
12: Okay. Uh, This year, we were actually not going to have any, uh, but we decided that later the hemp uh, people, that uh, they were going to try to do a show in in, uh, Minnesota, and they couldn't do it. Then they contacted us and see if they could work uh, something in with us. So so we agreed to that, and so they're they're going to do some of the seminars on industrial hemp and uh, educating the, the farmers on the opportunities there. So they're going to have some speakers, and then they have about, oh, a dozen exhibitors that are coming in uh, to also talk about hemp. And so that that's sort of the, going to be the seminar area. Uh, the other stuff, I mean, uh, it's just basically, uh, you know, invite people to look at the website. You'll see all the new companies that are going to be there. Uh, Plan your trip a little more. I think that's probably one of the key things for coming down.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and and, uh, show hours are pretty convenient, Uh, 9 until 4 Tuesday, 9 until uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then 9 until 3 on Thursday. And and like we said, Tom, uh, anybody that's anxious to look at Big Iron and actually have a conversation with a vendor, you guys are providing that opportunity.
12: That's right. We have uh, actually like three floors that are going to be equipment, And then we have like three other floors that are just uh, smaller displays, the 10 by 10, 10 by 20 type booths. Uh, So there's really something for everybody. And we really emphasize ag only. So, uh, you know, it's just all going to be products that the farmers could be interested in, in having for their operation.
9: There
0: you go. Tom Junkie, the general manager of the Iowa Power Expo, happening next week face-to-face at the Iowa Expo Center, downtown Des Moines. Again, it's February 2nd through the 4th, and like you said, the COVID protocol they're going to respect have uh, masks available as you enter, sanitizing stations throughout the show, doing as much as they can with social distancing with both exhibitors as well as those folks that come to the show. Otherwise, he said, it should look very much the same as what you remember Farm Expo shows would look like. Markets in overnight electronic trade. Not a lot to talk about yesterday. Barrel and block cheese, double A butter, all unchanged. Fluid milk contracts this morning. February is up seventeen cents at fifteen sixty nine a hundredweight. March milk up fifteen cents at sixteen eighty. Our grain trade softer. December corns down two and a half right now, four forty a bushel. November beans are down four at eleven forty five. And July wheat down seven and a half at six thirty three a bushel. So what is happening with regards to our markets? We're going to talk about that next with our friend, Cody Costers. He is a part of the Rice Dairy Crew down in Chicago and also Everag. Joining us in just a moment.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm?
12: (laughs) Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit.
5: At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself.
7: Take it from a
12: worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's
9: good dirt. Smog. Garbage. Garbage sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Brought to you by
10: Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the shamrock supplied. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to explore their buildings. Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock. Financing your operation and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WFBF.com.
1: Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. All
0: righty, let's see what's cooking down in Chicago as we get rolling on a Thursday morning. And joining us from Rice Dairy LLC and also a part of Everag out of Platteville is our friend Cody Coster, a broker, manager, agent, general, intelligent fella ready to join us on a Thursday with everything that's dairy. So yesterday was kind of a... Just a flat line for dairy, Cody. No change on barrel or black cheese, no change on A butter. Compared to the previous couple of days, though, that's good news. We have got a lot of milk, a lot of dairy out there, don't we?
13: We do, Pam. We do. And I think a big part of that came out on Monday with the milk production report for the month of December. Um, a lot of people I know I was talking to were expecting like a, a 2% to a 25 increase. And the USDA slapped us with a 3.1% increase in milk production. But I think the big thing in this report is the USDA is saying there are 9.43 million animals in the United States, which is 12,000 more than there were last month. If you look at the chart, these are the most amount of cows since the mid-1990s that are now on milk. Can you believe that? I mean... Just think about that for a second. That is that that, that is something astronomical that nobody thought would happen. A, a few months ago, when we were talking about these high prices and people getting out of the dairy industry, selling animals, nobody saw this coming where we would be jumping to this amount of cows on milk right away.
0: Well, and the catch is, think about the genetic potential in those animals.
13: Exactly. Exactly. So when this came out Monday afternoon, I mean, we've been pretty much down uh every single day. Uh, on the CME. And turn around on the other side of that, grains have been going nothing but higher. So when you talk to folks and let's just say 2 months ago their break even was 16 and a quarter, 1650. Uh you have to bump those numbers up now. I mean, guys are starting to talk about 1750, $18 break evens now and and getting ready this year for what that could lead into or the end of this year into next year if we continue on this run.
0: And that's in anticipation of the spring flush because, again, to your point, I was surprised by the number of milk cows, number of dairy animals we've got out there, and uh, our supplies as far as cold storage, scary.
13: Right, right, exactly. And I thought cold storage was going to be the bigger report, but obviously milk production is what everybody wants to talk about. But there's still a lot of cheese and a lot of butter um, into cold storage. And some folks are going to argue that, Hey, this, uh, you know, the cold storage is, is just a representation of what is already bought and what is already stored and, and so on and so forth. But I think it also paints a picture of what is still out there. Like if we just stopped buying on the CME for a second and we had to go into the caves and pull some of it out, there is a lot of product in there. And and these increases in cow numbers, we're just pumping milk out left and right.
0: Talk to me about the international demand, Cody. That's been another conversation topic. People worried that in other regions outside the United States, COVID numbers continue to ramp up. Uh, The potential for another pseudo-global shutdown is very real, and that could have profound impacts on dairy.
13: It could, Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of worried about this new strain of COVID that they're finding in the U.K. Uh, If they shut that country down, what's it going to do for exports? From us to kind of get into there, uh, you know, I always look at the dollar right now, it's trading at, what do we got here, uh, about round 90 right now. So with a weakening dollar, we should have better exports. But like you said, if every country gets shut down or we just kind of go into this lockdown mode, what can we bring in? Where can we bring it into? And what does that look like long term?
0: It wasn't that long ago where we were actually shocked that February and March were some of the most attractive fluid milk contracts for the calendar year 2021. What's my strategy now, Cody? What direction do I have to try to start charting my course?
13: I think at this point, um, we have to start looking at milk and corn and beans or bean meal at the same same token. I mean, if you can set a floor price in milk at at $17 and some of the outer months, I'm talking July through December, but we're going to have beans in the teens and, and corn at five forty dollars or $6 here. Knock on wood, if that happens, uh, those are some margins that we're going to need to look at. We're going to want to get locked up as soon as
0: possible. Have you heard of uh, feed retailers that are ready to uh, allow you that commitment? I've heard that some are are trying to play the game, and just be safe themselves and make sure they're going to be able to attain supplies.
13: Well, that's the thing. If you can get your hands on physical right now, we are suggesting that everyone try to do that. But like you had mentioned, there's a lot of folks that do not want to give up that physical. It might be time to go to the board and and buy paper on grains just to be protected. Uh, But right now, there's a lot of producers on the grain side that just do not want to give anything up
0: to be. I'm just curious, your perspective. How is, that, how is this going to impact the perspective our, of our ag lenders? They already held our hand through 2020 with a tremendous amount of government assistance. Now 2021, new administration hoping that we're going to pull ourselves out of the pandemic. How do our lenders start changing their perspective on us?
13: I think if, if there's no new news on the horizon of, of any more uh, stimulus, for the agriculture sector, I think they're going to ratchet it down even harder and, and try to hold our hands uh, a little bit tighter, if you will, and try to drag us through this, make sure they're getting their money back, and make sure that everybody can be profitable on very slim margins.
0: Final question for you this morning. Cody Coster, along with us from Rice Dairy down in Chicago, a part of the Ever Ag Group. Last question is, have you heard anything on the Farmers to Families Food Box program?
13: Uh, we did. The USDA came out and announced they were going to do the 1.5 billion dollars for essentially February, March, and April. What I personally think they're doing is a month-to-month solicitation. They did February at 355 million. I would expect they come out at the end of Feb and say, "Hey, we're going to do March," and at the end of March, we're going to do April and that kind of thing. Because they already have the money, I personally personally believe they are going to spend that money.
0: Well, we'll leave it at that. Thanks, Cody. Really appreciate you joining us. Cody Coster joining us live this morning from Rice Dairy in Chicago, part of the Ever Ag Group, always ready to help you out if you're trying to chart your way in these uh, challenging times.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report.